everybody and welcome to the first official episode of Shauna Speaks and today is a really great day for me because I'm starting off the first podcast with a great guest, Gordo from Those Conspiracy Guys, which is an amazing podcast. You can check them out on iTunes and pretty much every other platform that you can find podcasts on. And today the two of us discussed some very, very different topics. We discussed identity politics, cultural Marxism, internet celebrity, and we even touched on male mental health and especially the culture surrounding mental health in Ireland and just the Catholic guilt and the shame and what it means to be open and to start a dialogue. And that's really what I want to do with this podcast. I want to start a dialogue in Ireland and across the world as well, hopefully. So if you have any suggestions for me about what you would like to see on the podcast, you can check me out on Twitter at Ellie Jaden. Shona is my real name. Ellie Jaden is my YouTube handle just to clear up some confusion. But the reason why I call this podcast Shona Speaks is because, you know, it's not an online persona. It's not like, you know, anything clouded within YouTube. This is me, Shona, speaking my truth, speaking about my opinions and talking to people and hopefully getting a good conversation going. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. And yeah, here it is. I hope you guys enjoy. One of the things I want to talk about with you was Ireland and Ireland's view on mental health. Because I think we have this weird thing in Ireland where the Catholic Church is kind of still there, but it's not really. But yeah. we've got all these things so ingrained. Like only I heard on the news today like that they've only started to like pass a bill or a law where you can get into primary school now without being baptized, which is like crazy. In 2018, we had to wait for that to happen. And it's just like, yeah. there's these things that are just so instilled. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I think it's such a ridiculous thing because I feel like there's things that are just deeply ingrained in us as Irish people, especially where we have like this weird fear of, ever being vulnerable or talking about feelings because it's one of those things like I know you live in Dublin but where I live is a small town and if if you were to say anything here everyone in the town is going to know about it you know if you had any kind of like breakdown or like bad spell everyone's going to be like she's crazy or you know or he's like she she hasn't no opened the curtains in her front room <laughs> in three days but I you know what I mean everyone on. will know about it and it's just like yeah. people are afraid to talk about things and especially like it, men yeah exactly like and that's one thing i wanted to ask you about like i know that you said you know you don't have a whole lot like you want to personally add or whatever but like just in general do you think well yeah do you think men in ireland are embarrassed to talk about their feelings or that it's just they feel they can't you know it's a huge thing you see and i and i i, I wouldn't really like i could speak and sound like I'm an authority on it. I've spoken about it on those conspiracy guys innumerable amount of times. Mm. Um, I'm no expert. Either am I. <laughs> to talk about it? That's what I'm saying. You don't have to be to talk about it. You can talk about your personal experience, talk about stuff you read. Um, if we're waiting in anywhere in the world, but especially in Ireland, if we're waiting for experts to pipe up and start talking about some shit before we start dealing with it or talking about it or thinking about it, mm-hmm. we'd be waiting a really long time. Because those experts are probably busy doing other shit. Yeah. Not a lot of people who are clinical psychologists or mental health practitioners or counsellors or 
special needs assistants or people who suffer from OCD or disassociative identity disorder or borderline personality disorder, any of these other things. A lot of those people aren't like media producers and especially in Ireland, which is so small. Yeah. You're talking about like 4.5 million people uh, and about a million of those are non-Irish nationals. So you're talking about like three and a half, almost four million Irish people on the island. How many of them are creators and how many of them have a mental health disorder or are a mental health professional? Well, that's why like... To be even, able to talk with authority on something. I feel like the people in Ireland who have the most influence, which is strange because it is celebrity, like they are celebrities, would be the Rubber Bandit, particularly Blind Boy and Brezzy. You know, I feel like they're... And it's funny because they're two males. So I find that very like admirable because... It's very yeah. hard for men to talk about these things. And I've seen them both talk about them on like TV shows and stuff like that. Very male-centric audience as well. And they have a certain demographic, both of them as well. I, I've seen Blind Boy talk a lot about it. And his demographic is particularly in need of some open com- conversation, open discourse about mental health. Because exactly. He's made some great content lot, about it. Yeah, it's a lot of... Um, Fellas from lower economic, lower socioeconomic backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, it's not. Well, the reason. Of, there's not a lot of lads in Dawkey being like, I pretend to be a rubber bandit's kid from Dawkey. <laughs> Couple of pipe. Like, not a, lot of, not a lot of lads are doing that. They're all, you know, they'd be more Brezzy side maybe or something. I get but It's you. just that demographic that he, because I mean, he, he's a normal dude and then he puts on a plastic bag and pretends to be a character. Mm. And that character just so happens to be pretending to be like, someone from Limerick from a low low socioeconomic background which is not his real life but it's a good market and it's a good demographic to be able to get in and have some influence in and people listen to him they yeah. made a song called Sunny did you see that? I really liked that I thought it was great it's fucking brilliant it's really good and it's just basically like saying you know don't go killing yourself uh, that's talk literally about what it. he says <laughs> yeah don't but go like, kill yourself in talk my... about it where I live you're not, you're not going to be a big gay lord if you come out to the lads and go Hey lads, you know, I was walking, I was walking up the road, or and I, you know, I left the house and I got real anxious, like, and I wasn't able to go down the town. I'm sorry, I couldn't meet you. And then I went into the house and I felt really bad. I got a bit depressed about being anxious about going outside, so I had a bit of a cry. <laughs> like, fuck off, PJ, you queer. Like, <laughs> people are afraid that's going to happen. Yeah, and, they are. Most of the time, now it it, it doesn't. Maybe mm-hmm. it does. I don't think, I think a lot of people are more aware of that kind of stuff now that they wouldn't like totally admonish someone to be like, oh, geez, PJ's after having a bit of a turn. I think we may lay off the yucks. Like, it's just mm-hmm. around around drugs, around alcohol, around the, the, the social pressures of being on all the time and being on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter and having that constant uh, input, yeah. that dopamine hit of having people interact with you and then the responsibility then of having to look up and be good and have good clothes and have like pecs and muscles and go to the gym and be out and have a nice bird and have a few bob and have a nice car and have nice runners and the the level that you need to consistently maintain yeah would fucking depress anybody well, <laughs> like, like, there's a whole lot of people going around acting like they're instagram models when they're not getting paid for it but they still have to act like that because everyone else is acting like that it's such a because, weird thing in the social media yeah, it's, age it's for it's sure mental. like a lot of people who don't have any money are spending all their money on these like high high level like physical trappings like uh, uh you know clothes and and haircuts and you know 
Yeah, it's all bravado. There's no, like. no yeah, there's no need for that. If that's your style, cool. But if you, if you can't afford it, don't fucking get stressed about it as far as men's mental health. But that particularly thing, when you're talking about Blind Boy, like he's accessing a certain demographic of the country that really need a conversation well i feel like that's kind of like where i live because i remember only recently i never i'll never forget it because remember it was so bizarre that in my small town it's very small i'd say there's i don't even know how many it's ridiculously small but where i live there's a few areas in my town that are a little bit more like dodgy if you will than others and in that particular like side of the town and just in general like even this year as well older men too the amount of people in my vicinity and all men like every fucking one of them was a guy and um, particularly mid-20s have killed themselves like and in really really horrific ways like and in the space of like a few months like i remember a few guys in their 20s all killed themselves like one after the other and it became such a thing that like they were almost thinking like was it a pact it's so bizarre to me because for that happening in my town there's been no like introduction of any mental health services or like anything and i'm like how many fucking people have to die in this ridiculously small area for anyone to say anything and that's one reason why i've started to like talk about mental health stuff on my channel and just in general openly because there's this weird thing in Irish culture where it's almost an embarrassing thing. Like I even remember going like, this is quite a personal story, which I won't name any names, but I remember someone I'm very close to posted something on social media on an account that they didn't realize I, I knew they had. And they literally said like on the account, like I'm, I'm going to kill myself tonight, whatever. And I was like, holy shit. So I contacted the people who were closest to them and I was like bawling and I was upset. And I was like, Oh my God, like, like I told them what happened and they were like oh sure they're not gonna do it like don't worry and I was like are you not gonna approach them about this and they were like don't be stupid like they're not gonna do that and I was like are you willing to take that fucking risk like are you willing to take and they now thankfully they didn't do anything but I think I know I'm not trying to tar every Irish person with this brush but I feel like Irish people find it really difficult to confront anything like that because especially in small town Ireland especially in my town everybody would fucking know about it and then you'll never you'll always be that person you know that kind of way and like if you don't succeed then you'll be the person who failed at committing suicide and you'll be like oh there's your one had a funny turn I recently after years and years and years of like never doing anything about it went start going to counseling for like dealing with my anxiety and stuff like that because I used to have really bad anxiety at one point and it took me years to go there because I was like oh my god what if anyone sees me and like even when I was even like in the last couple of months when I was attending like I was afraid anyone would see me like walking into the building and everything and I was like even I feel this embarrassment about it and I really shouldn't the whole yeah the whole country is built on fear and guilt do you know it is like only only 30 years ago or 25 years ago did they make condoms legal ireland is weirdly backwards like ireland is so strange but it's so funny because like we we introduced gay marriage which is something i never thought we would do like as a country yeah but they do they do gay pride like there's a whole month of gay pride can you imagine Mm. like if you had mental health or anxiety pride you you never be able to organize it because all the people would be too anxious to march (laughs) stop what, let's have anxiety pride. Oh my jeez, I couldn't have everyone looking at me. No way, man. I couldn't do it. Uh, no one would turn up. Do you know what I mean? 
Like, Kinda oh man, weird. let's have like depression pride uh, out in the streets. Uh, I couldn't get up out of bed to go. Fuck it. <laughs> Stop. Oh, I'll go next year. Like, it's a it's a thing that should be. You're not proud of it. Like, I know. Do you know what mean, happens? Yeah. Do you know what happens a lot of times when people have mental health problems? That it becomes associated with because most of the people that have them are quite, you know arty people and to be creative mm-hmm. in some way there's a there is a correlation between creativity and mental health yeah. disorders or, or at least mental health issues so those people they funnel it into their art and then it becomes like their identity and yeah. a lot of people are like i can't write any songs unless i'm sad or you know uh, i can't create good art unless i'm depressed or of course i'm depressed you know that's just my way and they just develop this whole, you know, identity around their state of mental health. And it just becomes, and that kind of thing has now spilled out into, you know, sexuality becomes identity. And, well, um, it's funny you say that because like I started a mental health channel recently with the intention of like being helpful to people. And then like the more I thought about it after I'd made the channel, I was like, Oh, do I really want to um, make this my identity as well? Because if I have a whole channel solely dedicated to that, will that mean that I have to identify as someone who has anxiety or had anxiety or whatever as time goes on? And it kind of becomes complicated because it's like even with the social justice thing and the social justice videos that I make, I don't want to become tarred with one thing or feel like I have to only make content about one thing because that in itself becomes really isolating and weird, you yeah. know? So like, I'm sure with your podcast, like it must be quite freeing for you because you get to choose your topic and it can be almost anything. To and be it's... honest, I've made it that way. Like I, I, we yeah. started off as those conspiracy guys and often I get a, a little message going like, this isn't about a fucking conspiracy what is this shit? And I'm like, this is stuff I want to talk about. And everything I talk about, I absolutely yeah. mean to talk about it. To be honest, I have, without wanting to blow my own rod, um, <laughs> a massive uh, encyclopedic knowledge of conspiracy theories. Really? And, yeah. I, what's I just, your favorite I, conspiracy theory? Oh, Christ. Like, what's one that you're like, do you know what? Oh, 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 by the way, I have a topic for you and I really want you to make a podcast on it. So please do it. Okay. I really, it? right, I really, really, and I would love to do this with you, right? I really want to find out more about the case of Brittany Murphy's death because it's so... Oh, shit, absolutely. I would, oh my God, I'm, such a, I'm like a high, like, seriously, like, Brittany Murphy fangirl of the highest order. And I was yeah, watching no a problem. documentary about it last night, and there's so much weird shit with it. And I'm like, why has no one talked about this in depth? So I want you to do it. <laughs> well, because... uh... I, I love doing little celebrity death. We've done Marilyn Monroe. And I love that podcast. Tupac, that was great. Elvis. Uh, we did one recently, only a few weeks ago, on Jim Morrison. They're not conspiracies as such, because uh, Michael Jackson was another one. That's a little bit of a conspiracy. But like when, when I'm doing the show and people are tuning in, let's take the celebrity deaths, for example. Tupac, Elvis, Jim Morrison, Marilyn Monroe. Who else did I say? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney died. Did you know that in 1966? Um, <laughs> when you take when you take these celebrities, it doesn't seem like conspiracy, but there is a story, and I always try and find the story. Mm. And the way I put the show together is like, it's not um, here's what I'm going to tell you, here's what I'm telling you, here's what I told you, which is an awful lot of those TV shows when you're watching like you know Discovery documentaries. Yeah. It's like before the break we talked. 
before the break, we talked about Paul McCartney, and you're like, ah. Oh. And now, after yeah. the break, we're like, gonna, you're like, fuck off, bro. Just tell me. <laughs> this is 15 minutes stretched out into 45. Yeah. Like, right? So I get a lot of messages from people going like, stop with the banter, stop with the tangents, stop with like telling stupid things or going off on mad tangents and talking about shit. And I'm like, look, bro, when you're doing a six-hour show on Joseph Fritzl or Jimmy Savile, you want a little bit of respite from like the yeah, it's too much. Yeah. forced anal rape and child <laughs> abuse. You'd exactly. like a, a little a little segue about Thundercats or a fucking uh, uh, a game of Boggle or something like that, like a little light story. And then you're like, so anyway, he systematically raped fourteen-year-old uh, girls in Duncroft School for a period of ten years and was allowed by the headmaster for some strange reason. So anyway, Thundercats, like it's just trying to get the information in. With, you like, need little, a break from it, like exactly a little. It's a little conspiracy sandwich and the slices of bread are like dick jokes and 90s nostalgia yeah we do a true crime on britney murphy we pop over and do it oh but so from Marilyn monroe for example conspiracy heads would know through knowing about jfk and bobby kennedy that the two of them were fucking spit roast and Marilyn monroe or whatever they say that she was doing and she died under mysterious circumstances and it could have been the mafia or it could have been kennedy's uh, secret service agents that gave her like injections into her feet to overdose yeah, on barbiturates that. right that's that's a total conspiracy and if you had a whole show about that you'd be doing your job as a conspiracy theorist but those conspiracy guys the way i want to do it is i want to tell the full story you know we've talked about um marilyn monroe i, I finished that thought first so like marilyn monroe we could talk about the conspiracy parts of her death right but how she died the way she died and who she died with can only yeah. be told after you know about her childhood. Yeah. How she came she to LA, How she got into the, how yeah, how she got into the film a bit. She was sexually molested uh, mm -hmm. numerous times by drifters that used to stay in her mother's house. Yeah. They used she to have lodgers. And the lodgers would come in. Yeah, the lodgers would come in and go, Oh, I like your daughter. Yeah, give me a room for the night. And the mother didn't do anything. Then she moved to LA and she changed her name and she did all that stuff. Then she's like one of the first women in the world to to break so many barriers in the movie industry, started her own production company. And then mm -hmm. she was getting like breast augmentation surgery, she was getting facial reconstructive surgery. First woman to do that stuff in yeah. Hollywood. Right. She was actually ridiculously like intelligent as well, which people didn't she was know. His, the same IQ as Einstein. Yeah, which is like right. something she's totally not portrayed as at all. At all, she's a, she's a blonde bimbo. <laughs> Diamonds are a girl's best friend. <laughs> and you're like, sure, but mm -hmm. you know, what about your SAT scores? But so, by the end, by the end of her career, like she was getting bored of playing the same. She stick. wanted to change it up. She, yeah. she she was wanting to change her hair color, and then people were like, no, people won't know you, and it'd be like. Uh, what's your one jennifer gray after dirty dancing got a nose job and ruined her career or whatever yeah you wouldn't recognize her <laughs> at all so she got she got uh, uh silicone injected directly into the tissue in her boobies oh and it started to go back yeah it was a breast enhancement surgery and it went bad and there was something wrong so she was on these barbiturates she was on these painkillers to stop the pain because her fucking boobies were rotting off her chest like and she was light up in the bed her face was all puffy she was having an allergic reaction her whole body is going into like you know like yellow fever like massive glandular shock or whatever because the silicone is poisoning her and she takes this overdose of tablets and and we go through the whole thing in the episode but like the last couple of hours of her life is all people talk about and she died naked you know arse up in the air 
uh, and the Kennedys were riding her and the Mafia was riding her. And I was like, dude, she's a lot more than that. Same as yeah. Elvis. Everyone says, oh, fuck, I died in the toilet. His whole life is fucking unbelievable. I know. Marilyn Monroe's career is crazy because how she got discovered career. was crazy. she was working in, she was working in an air, an air Force place, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. And she got photographed randomly like by this photographer. And that's how her... like I have books and books of her um, images. Like I'm a big fan. So yeah. there's like all those photos Jean, of her. Yeah. Yeah, and like when you look back at those photos, you're like, God, they weren't even retouched or nothing. Like when you really look no, at them, narrative is like the young girl goes to LA and gets caught up, and yeah. she ends up on Playboy, and then she gets rode by the president. Like that's that's what everyone thinks of her that she was some bimbo who just got fucked by famous people. It's like, nah, bro, no. she was driving the car the whole yeah. time. She knew and exactly you know what? what was going on. This is a terrible comparison, but I'm going to do it just for the context. Brittany Murphy. No, not even Brittany Murphy, but Paris Hilton, <laughs> right? People think Paris Hilton is a dumbass, right? Like, I think I've said, I don't know if I've said this to you before, but I like Paris Hilton mainly because I think she's so intelligent, but people think she's an idiot, but that's her currency. And like, she puts on, like, her voice isn't even, that's hot. Like, that's not even her voice. Like, she has a really deep, like, deep voice. Yeah, she's a real falsetto voice. Mm -hmm. Falsetto? No, what's the word? Baritone? Yeah. But she has a really deep voice and like, that's not even her that's a character she plays for tv but it rakes in the money and it's kind of similar with marilyn monroe where she knew what her currency was and i think deep deep down she was like horribly horribly degraded from the minute she was born like by her adoptive parents and people and she even though she was the most famous woman in the world who was beautiful and loved by men women and everyone she was incredibly insecure which is why she was so close to her her um acting coach because she was so terrified of doing the wrong move that she had to get approval from everyone all the time before she could ever do anything which is why the last movie she ever did was so terrible because they had to do so many retakes and she was getting older and her value was lowering for them and like just all this and horrible she married shit. Joe DiMaggio and, and and he he made her feel okay yeah and normal and not you know because he was famous one of the most famous men in the world is at the time and he was like, that's grand. We'll be grand. And she felt in his shadow yeah. a, a, and a little bit more comfortable. She was like, well, at least I'm not the most famous one in the relationship anymore. I think she probably liked that. Like, yeah. So we go into all of that stuff in the episode, not just the conspiracy part, which is like, by Richards in defeat. I've done, we've done so many that wouldn't be classed as traditionally conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And I think we moved away from that like very, very quickly. Like season one, we did like September 11th. We did, um, you know, Sandy Hook, uh, MK Ultra, which is like mind control. We did Roswell, um, you know, the assassination of JFK. And they're all big hitters. But even in that first season, I did an episode on mermaids. Really? Yeah. And people were like, what the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> no, nah, bro, check out mermaids. That's a fucking weird story. And I got into this like I anthropological do. It's very good. It's one of my favorites. It's like an anthropological, sociological examination of how uh, humans evolved. Mm. And weren't they to lure they... sailors to their death and shit? But that's it. That's a very, very small part of it. But that's the zeitgeist really? of mermaids that people think, tiny part. It's just so much. Do you think and, mermaids, and mermaids are real? No, but the, the, <laughs> the, reason, the reason we still have them in our canon of mythical creatures, just like werewolves. We did an episode mm. on werewolves in season one as well. And it's this whole thing of like, don't forget you're an animal. Don't yeah, forget you're an animal. There's an animal in there. And you have to control that animal. Do you know? Mermaids, 
the, the, my favorite part of it was like the, uh, uh, the aquatic ape theory that there's a missing link between apes and humans and there's a whole area in um geology called the younger dryas period which is about thirteen thousand years ago when uh there was an ice age and then a meteor struck the ice and it melted the uh, ice so the ice had rescinded, uh, re receded and pulled back all the water with it obviously because it has more mass it pulls back all the water so there was way more land mm. uh, and it was very very cold on on the planet and then a, a meteor struck melted the ice cap underneath and the water levels went up by like 14 meters and then all the land got covered in water so the animals that were there were like oh fuck we better learn how to swim so if you look at a monkey a monkey has two holes in the front of his face and he has kind of like a muzzle but humans have like a nose that makes the nostrils point downwards so there's this theory called the aquatic ape theory which means that apes ended up becoming like semi-aquatic animals so we lost our, our all our body hair because it was not like aquadynamic when we were swimming around. We didn't need it, so we lost it. Our front-facing nostrils became down-facing nostrils, so we grew out the appendage of the nose because when we're swimming, the water wouldn't go into our nostrils. Werewolves the same. Werewolves was like an old French story of uh, you know the the, the wolf man who would who would you know turn into an animal and kill children or whatever. But imagine if you were French and you have some Vikings and the Vikings take a load of magic mushrooms to get ready for battle and then they're attacking your land. And what did the Vikings wear? They wore animal pelts. And some True, mad punts yeah. like, do you ever, ever hear the word berserk? Yeah. You know, when you go berserk, berserk is mm. an old Viking word for berserk, which is like a, a bear's skin. So they had berserks and they had wolfserks. So these guys would put on a wolf skin, paint their face in blood, take a lot of magic mushrooms and run like screaming into a French village and hack people up and like rob and rape everybody. So they're like, oh my God, it's a wolf man. So they tell the story of the wolf man to be like, if you ever see a wolf and it looks like a man, he's running at you, fucking get out of there because those guys are crazy. They can't be reasoned with. But isn't it mad how like things, that makes so much sense when you think about it. So like, so isn't it funny sense. how things like that can happen, but it's almost like Chinese whispers where it becomes another thing altogether, but it becomes, like you said, like a mythical creature or something yeah. like that. That's just ingrained in society, but it's not actually the real truth. You know what I mean? But, but there's a grain of truth. And if you want to go find it, like those mm -hmm. conspiracy guys in the, in the title, we're like, we search the internet so you don't have to. We go through all <laughs> the robot voiced shitty YouTube videos of like, <laughs> the werewolf is a myth from ancient. Like, it's like, who wants to watch that shit? I do. You recently did an episode on cultural Marxism, and I was wondering, like, yes. how intense was that research? Like, I think my audience would oh, be man. in hearing about that. It was fucking bananas. Like, we, going going into how cultural Marxism works, like, we we I, I did I did one. Uh, these are kind of a twofer. So I've done one most recently on the the Ku Klux Klan, and I talked about racism in America and got a bit deeper into it. Uh, there was a cultural Marxism and identity politics one, um, mm -hmm. and then we talked about stuff in um like in loads of other um episodes like talking about like culture society politics how the stuff works talking about like freemasons talking about simulation theory like all of these things all culminate in the zeitgeist of information we have now which is like fake news and like left versus right and this like political bipartisanism cultural marxism as it's called or critical theory like a lot of people have got 
only cultural Marxism or, or only conspiracy theorists call it cultural Marxism. Like critical <laughs> theory in the Frankfurt School and postmodernism and this like crazy leftist politics, political correctness and microaggressions and trigger warnings and safe spaces and multiculturalism and, you know, post-colonialism and all of these, you know, uh, um, logical fallacies and emotional re reasoning and victim ideology and all of these kind of, uh, you know, arguments over free speech versus hate speech, like all of this shit is coming from a certain academic background. I think a lot of it is happening at universities as well. Like it seems to be very yeah. core in like American universities specifically, I feel. Yeah, it's in, it's it's rooted in the soft sciences. So you have guys that are like, um, uh, you know, George Lukács and Antonio Gramsci and Felix Veal and Eric Fromm. And these guys are all from the Frankfurt School, which is... Uh, a predominantly uh, Jewish conglomerate of sociologists that gathered in Germany in the years before World War II to try and analyze society and say, like, come here, listen, capitalism is surely not the way. This is before capitalism took its proper foothold in society. And they went, like, surely we can do this a different way. And they wrote all the books and critical theory, like, basically is the, the critique of society using, uh, you know, the social sciences, humanities, and a base of socialism to demonstrate like the righteous way of living so that everybody can be even yeah and it seems if you want to criticize that because the people in that organization were jewish cultural marxism is, is considered like an anti-semitic term like it's not it's not uh politically correct anymore well what is politically know? correct anymore exactly. really like so it's the thing. there's all these real definitions and in 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 the soft sciences in humanities and and social science in in these colleges like women's studies and all this stuff people are being taught they're being given this ammunition that works on paper it works in a book it works like philosophically and hypothetically but in the real world it doesn't really work you know well, that's one of the things and that makes me worried for like the future because like even like russell brand like this is something like that it's i'm being judgmental but i feel like at the same time like i don't know if it's just or not but i you know the way he's having a baby and they're going to bring the baby yeah. up with no gender so it can decide its gender and part of me is like that's, that's so that's so confusing for a child like but there's Time people piece. out there who but you know what i mean there's people out there who would get mad at me for saying that and then there's like people out there who completely agree and think it's totally right and i think you should be able to raise your baby like as you know as best you can but at the same sure. time like you said these things sound great but like in reality like are you going to wrap people in cotton wool like when, when i was a kid we used to be let play out on the road till all hours of the night and we were fine but now like kids can barely go to the bathroom on their own because you know they might be abducted and or whatever the correlation then the, the the effect of that is there is a correlation between severe mental health issues in mm -hmm. younger children now than there is in our age group yeah. there's an awful lot more psychological disorders and mental health issues do you know like anxieties and and all of these different various you know dsm uh, named disorders that all these kids have now because they're like you know they're not able to interact with people they're not they're, they're not getting that practice they're not getting that practical those practical applications of of sociological norms like societal norms because critical theory is going what is normal 
let's let's change what normal is let's change what words mean let's change yeah. like history let's delete history if we don't like it and change it let's change how society perceives stuff and the other derogatory term the cultural marxism is obviously no uh, uh, also known as is cultural bolshevism so i mean if you know anything about um russian history the, the bolsheviks were basically the the like there's bolsheviks and mensheviks so just like the the oppressed and the oppressor the 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 upper class and the working class right and everything now because of these university student classes has been reframed so racism is not about race it's not about black or white anymore it's about oppression versus uh, oppressor versus oppressed so a black person is now not able to be racist that's one of the things that really bothers me is inherently racist like just by being white exactly like you could come out with a womb and you're racist (laughs) exactly (laughs) it doesn't matter like your color is that um your color is the reason that you're a racist not your political ideology or your upbringing or anything like that and it's antithetical then to other teachings like uh, about gender and sexuality which is a thing that you are definitely born with it and it's not something that can be uh, uh, societally yeah. influenced or whatever like it's like make up your mind which is which like can you be born with it or not it's it's mm. it just seems that there is a minority on the left that want to take power and the only way that they can take power is to undermine everything that's not their ideology but what's happening at the moment and over the last maybe two three four months because they've put up so many barriers and so many fences that inside of those communities that are obliged to adhere to their own rules people inside of those barriers end up breaking those rules inadvertently and then they have to be cast out of the village as pariahs because they didn't adhere to the rules like what's happened with graham linehan who is a great defender of the left and he said some shit about like i think it's like trans women aren't real women something so that's a very succinct version and he's getting a fucking ferocious amount of shit for it. And all of these mad, spurious LGBTQ plus uh, uh, ideologies all come from Herbert Marcuse, who's who wrote Eros and Civilization. And he's talking about like subjective gender normification and, you know, uh, um, transgender and transsexual laws, the rules society that everybody should follow. And, uh, you know, gender is fluid and all this stuff we're hearing now that kind of was wasn't around in the mainstream for so many years. That's all coming from this guy. And it's all mm. coming from college courses and it's leaking out now into the mainstream because all those people are in their mid to late 20s. They have come out of colleges. Yeah. They have a lot of people in college learning that stuff as well. And then those people who are in their mid to late 20s or even early 30s are starting to get positions of power in either mainstream or uh, uh, independent media. And they're managing all of that stuff. So their decisions, their, their decisions on taste and what, they're going to produce as a media producer is all based around this shit buzzfeed yeah. is full of those people who oh, are all buzzfeed is the worst. it's cancer to the fuck of face man it's all people in their late 20s and early 30s who are mad about this uh, critical theory postmodernism stuff women's studies that they learn in college and then mm-hmm. they're coming into buzzfeed and going what do we make a video on guys i mean girls i mean everyone i mean folks <laughs> i mean people uh, not I mean people them. but us so everyone, why would we make a video on? Um, but like, you could never work at BuzzFeed. Why would we make a video about what's wrong with white people? 
because like <laughs> white people, right? It's like, yeah, that's great. Let's make a video on white people. But the thing that also burns me about that is that like, all, even the people in BuzzFeed who are white, like they can't say no to that. They have to be like, Haha, okay, let's do it. Because if yeah. they say no, they're going to be racist. And also like, they're so like, they've got this like white guilt where they're like, let's laugh at us because we were once the oppressors and like now we're forever going to be this like cosmic joke almost that has to fucking take the shit forever and ever and ever and it's just like it kind of becomes annoying after a while like to me about that kind of thing because it's like how fucking long are we going to carry this on where it's going to become like an okay thing and i find i've even seen people i know personally who are white people who are saying like white people suck and i'm like what, look in the mirror pal are you trying to say your shit are you trying to or like all white people are inherently racist or all cis people are transphobic inherently and i'm like why the fuck do you how did you even come to this conclusion like because we're being told by other people who deem themselves smarter and then those people are going well if i say this thing i'm going to be accepted and it's back to the shane dawson tribalism mm. thing where they're like if i follow this ideology it seems to be the one that might win I'm going to go at it full tilt and go out and march and do but all it, this stuff. But it really, like, it just bothers me because they're so, they're just so blind that they follow these things so silly. Like, it's just, it's... It's illogical. It's illogical, like, a lot of it. I remember having an argument with someone on Twitter, which is, like, the worst thing ever. But someone <laughs> was, like, someone was having, I was having an argument about this, this inherently white thing where you're, like, if you're born white, you're all automatically racist. And I was, like... Okay, number one, like the Jews were predominantly white and had like one of the biggest fucking like ridiculous things ever happened to a group of people ever, which is, mm. you know, something that I feel like one of the reasons why Martin Luther King had a lot of Jewish people march with white Jewish people march with him at Selma because they could relate to one another in like, you know, the oppression scale, if you will. And also people who were just regular fucking white folk would march alongside them and like i look at that and i'm like do you realize that some of these men were murdered for w walking alongside black people because it was like taboo back then but i'm the like KKK if that, would if murder white people for supporting black yeah. people murder them but, but that's what if, you, if, if white people were inherently racist why would they do that because they fucking believe people there's people out there who obviously care so much about the injustice of others that they were willing to do that to show solidarity and like how is it possible that white people are just going to be inherently racist if that like it just it's such a silly concept i just it blows my mind that people fucking believe that like it's just like do you, know why, do you know why they believe that because they want their team to win and if they see that their team is winning a little bit they'll just go full full tilt and go yeah. i believe this wholeheartedly if that's the thing that's going to get us power because it's not about righteousness and it's not about equality it's about power and they want to be able to be in power and have all the things that they want as any human does mm. they want life to be okay for them now a caveat because it sounds like we're complaining if you're a gay dude or a trans woman or you know a, a, a black guy living in you know south dakota or even in like blanchardstown and you can't truly be yourself or talk to anybody about it because you get a bunch of shit because people mm. don't understand what it's like to be somebody else and a lot of people don't think about anything other than what it's like to be them. True. So they have no empathy and they have no understanding. And we've had two referendums in the last few years that have shown that, on the whole, Ireland is pretty sound for a bit of empathy. They know that gay people want to get married and they know that women 
for no fault of their own or no like recreational reason need or want to have an abortion and Mm -hmm. the law is there to stop both of those things until we had a referendum and the majority of the country in both cases chose listen you do what you want i don't understand it fully but you know what i've educated myself enough to know that you should have whatever you need because like you need it it's not me that needs it it's you a lot of old women went out and voted yes because they're like i didn't get the choice and i could have done with it even though Mm -hmm. my life was okay i'm not rewriting my own history i'm helping the next generation have power over writing theirs and the soundness of a lot of people like we we i think sean we get caught up in that thing online of yeah and all those guys are fucking kws and i'm watching lots of youtube videos and i feel that it's everywhere and it's really not like you're watching berkeley and portland and they're having pitch battles in the streets and it's not happening everywhere it's exactly. very small amounts of people. And I think you have to take a step back sometimes because yes. you do those kind of get caught up in that. People, I've seen people, though. I've will seen... have an effect on power. But it's it like I've seen people go down that rabbit hole of, like, getting freaked out about it. But, like, I think at the same time, like, one thing I've learned from YouTube, I don't know if this is going off topic or not, but, like, even from doing YouTube, like, a few years ago or, like, up to a year or two ago, I would have had very, like, definitive opinions on certain things and no one could change my mind and that was it. But, like, since doing more of these kind of videos on YouTube and researching the things and, like, that, having a bit of empathy for someone and... Even if yeah. I don't get it, seeing it from someone's side, I'm like, if if people aren't hurting hurting anybody, like in certain ways, like even with even with the whole non-binary thing, whatever, which I don't fully understand myself, but like, live your life, like <laughs> live your life, yeah. like I don't, I don't, I really don't care, like if you want to identify as something, like that's but your a choice. People, a lot of people do care, and I think that's where we fall down on our, our understanding of it, because I actually don't care if you're a fucking identify as like a tap. I don't care. I won't give mm-hmm. you shit about it. I might make an inappropriate joke when you tell me at a party because it's a weird thing to hear, but it's not like in any way prejudice. But what exactly. I don't like the small amount of people that need that help are trying to change the majority of everybody else's life in an irreversible way to make it okay for them. And I fully understand that it it's probably a good thing that the rest of us get clued in as to what their community is about Mm, in order to understand them and make life easier for them so they don't feel weirded out but what's happening is instead of coming and being normal quote unquote normal because you don't you know what is normal instead of being like a regular person and coming up and saying come here listen um i don't know what gender i am sometimes in this and sometimes in that and this is how it feels to be that Instead of doing that, they're going on a march and going, rah, 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 and everyone's going, ugh, they're a fucking bunch of wankers. Yeah, it's and almost like it's when someone not... comes in too aggressive, it's, you can't listen. You almost yeah. turn off, you know, that kind of way. It's, it's not endearing themselves to the people mm. that they need to communicate. Their, their communication is really poor, right? And it's really only aimed at each other, and it seems like a lot of them are creating media that's only being consumed by other people in their community, like a confirmation bias circle jerk. Yeah. Smart, like fart smelling competition. Right? I think that's why Twitter someone like Blair White is such a controversy because she's uh, the opposite absolutely. of everything. Like she's hated by, by the other side. She's yeah. hated by other trans people. But she it's funny because there's such a like hypocrisy in the sense that they're like, she's a trans voice that's doing very well and being listened to and is widely accepted within a conservative space which is quite wild when you think about it yeah. and i think she's quite like she's an amazing example of someone who is 
outside of the box like she's not of the norm in many ways um she's not the like she's not the norm of what her like identity group if you will is supposed to be like they're meant to be very liberal and all this kind of thing and she's the total opposite of that but they hate her for having a different opinion which is the opposite of everything they say you know what i mean and it's like they should be exalting her for being able to communicate a message of tolerance and understanding and to be able to tell the nitty-gritty about the stuff that's going on like blair recently underwent some uh, feminization surgery got like some bone shaves some uh, adam's apple shaved some some facial surgery and some decolletage surgery and i watched that and i understood and i'm like that makes a difference in her life like that makes a difference from for passing or not passing even though she's a famous trans woman but like i can understand in another trans person's life that they get like feminization surgery Mm-hmm. that's to- like it's totally understandable and-, and i thought it was quite brave of her to share that like on youtube it's very personal i can't imagine what it must be like to feel that way and then share such a literal physical deconstruction of yourself you know yeah. and and it's just so intense like i remember there was a episode of i don't know if you you probably don't watch it but I love the show Queer Eye. It's where these gay guys go to people's homes and like help them out. Don't even, don't, I, I don't even watch it. Are you joking? John, Jonathan Van Ness gives me life. Are you fucking you serious? I can't tell if you're Bobby joking. Bobby Burke. <gasps> you I, love I, Queer I, I Eye? Love those guys. Oh I, my I, God. I fucking love Queer Eye so much. I fucking love Queer Eye. Oh my God. Queer Eye is a Anthony best show. Yes. Oh, he's so I handsome. I really fancy Anthony. He looks like John Mayer. Oh my god, he does look like John Mayer. I love Jonathan though. Like, like I want him. Is Wonderland. <laughs> That's what he thinks. It's fucking Queer class, man. I love Did you watch those guys? Episode? Give me life. They do. I, I watched amazing. all the season. Well, do you know the episode? One thing that really struck a chord with me, and like I've seen a lot of like I watch a lot of transgender stuff just because I'm very fascinated. And I want to know more. And I want to understand, and I do understand. I well to the best of my ability, but there was an episode where they had a female to male trans person and the very like first yes. scene of the episode was where he looked down and they had removed his female breasts and like just the look of relief in his face and there was a part yeah. in the in the show where tan who's like a muslim guy from the uk he said he's not very entrenched yeah. in the lgbt community and he was like i didn't he, get he's he like, got a boyfriend very young and he didn't yeah. go to all the clubs and he doesn't know like what an otter is or what a yeah. you know the difference between an otter and a bear or whatever like but it's... he didn't understand like the trans community and he said i never really got it until i seen that and i thought wow like that was such a big deal for you like that you were he waited years and years to like get the money to like do that you know yeah. what i mean and I don't know, but like when, down, just when, you... when Tan sat down with with that 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 guy, who looked like a leprechaun for the whole first half. Of I the, know he really did. Somebody, <laughs> um, sat down and said, like, you're gonna have to tell me what the crack is because I'm gay and all, but like I, but I don't, I don't know from what's going on with you. But people think because you're in the LGBT community, you know fucking everything about every letter and what everything means, and yeah. but but you don't, you know that kind of way. Like everyone has a different perspective in their life, and everyone has something they're going through, or like that they have, like being gay or whatever, being trans. Like every, it's all a different experience. It might be within the same kind of circle, but they're totally different in experiences. There, and there comes the identity politics part, and that's kind of maybe the benefit and the toxicity of any kind of uh, fringe community right so take that example 
that episode of Queer Eye. I think it's episode six in season two. And super fan. You go, I fucking love it. I love it too. I, love it. I can't believe you love it. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> you know, it's like me and my girlfriend watch it at the minute it came on i was like oh my god season two honey yeah. like i was like did you ball your eyes out in season one with the old man the like old but southern man the first guy yeah, yeah he's the best one and the and the old black lady in episode one of season oh, two yeah like, the yeah. religious lady but, but when when they came in and bobby walked into the room and he goes um why is everything fucking rainbow yeah it's like an identity Slashing right? onto and the goes, flags are for waving they're not decor <laughs> i love bobby <laughs> right but he was dead serious he's yeah, like he you don't have to fucking jam it in people's faces yeah and i i think that that's a that's an important part of i actually really like that he brought that up because i do that, think that yeah. like it, a lot of people feel like they have to be like shoving the rainbow flag in your face every five fucking minutes and i'm like we get it <laughs> like, and just as much now, to, as a caveat for that just as much as i watched a documentary about spring break and the, the lascivious sexual freedom that happens in cancun or whatever where there's a bunch of toxic males and a bunch of girls who are uh, fairly sexually liberated let's just say mm-hmm. and they all just get together and smush and it's like free riding Johnny's if you want them, you know, give us Lindy or Fanny for a half an hour. <laughs> and it's like a full open sexual carry on. But these toxic males going like, rah, 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 gathering in groups and grabbing one's tits and giving her beads and she pulls her titties out. Like she's not doing that just because, you know, social pressure. They're going down there to pull their tits out and get the ride. And there's nothing wrong with a woman out to get her fucking hole. Mm. There's, but, and, and equally, there's nothing wrong with a man out to get his fucking hole. But there seems to be a... a a correlation now between like years ago there was like if you're a dude and you ride five women you're a stud and if you're a girl you ride five women uh you ride, ride five men you're a slut like this kind of stuff yeah so now that kind of thing has been reversed where if you're a dude and you're and you're fucking loads of girls you must be some kind of sex predator and if you're a woman and you're you're having sex and you're free like sex in the city girls you're sexually liberated and you're empowered mm. and neither of those two extremes are true yeah exactly so somewhere in the middle of everything yeah if you want to fuck 20 dudes that's totally fine and no one should be judging you for it but if you're doing that and then feeling guilty and then someone comments on that and you freak out obviously you're not okay with it yourself but you're Mm. able to couch it in that conversation of like oh yeah well i'm i'm uh, you know a modern woman i can do whatever i want and all so there's all of these little caveats and all of these little boxes of identity just as much as toxic masculinity of the five lads and have their good shirt on and they're going out to the fucking nightclub and they're going to fucking get some young one, some dirty young one and, and fucking ride her up the arse. Hey, ride her up the arse. Get her, buy her a few drinks right up the hole. <laughs> and just as much as five girls are going out and have the fucking, uh, uh, the orange stuff on and then, you know, the, 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 the mini skirt and the little knickers and they're like, I'm going to fucking get a lad and I'm going to ride the cock off him. Like, that's totally fine. That's just as much in your face as a load of gay lads and there's rainbow flags everywhere and they're like oh my god and being so flamboyant it's just the same yeah those three things are entirely the same right true but you don't go like you go back to a student's house at 19 a male student in his bedroom and he has loads of posters of young ones with tits on the walls that's just the same as those guys going into that gay lads apartment uh, or that trans man's apartment and had Mm -hmm. loads of uh, rainbow flags all over the walls yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. 
And if you want to have it like that, cool, but it doesn't have to be like that. But I feel the identity and the tribalism and the feeling of belonging, especially now when the acceptance and the support for that mm. community, LGBTQ+, is growing, that it's good to feel accepted and wanted. And maybe they deserve that for a little while. Mm. I think in that episode, especially um, for him, I can't remember his name, Skylar, wasn't it? Um, I think mm. his name was Skylar. I think for him, because he was disowned by his family, I think that's he yes. was latching on to that as a pride of community and family and really kind of showcasing that. But I think... I think Same I don't as Bobby though. Bobby was given up by his original parents and he was yeah. given to an adoptive parents who ended up being mad Christians who True. then rejected him when he turned gay. So it was double rejection. Yeah. But you know what? He only talks about it when he's talking to other people. Those five guys are the fab five. They're gay lads on Queer Eye. And never in any other part of it do they talk about sex or sexuality or their yeah, boyfriends or being they don't. gay. Ever. That's actually true. They never do talk about it. They never do. And I it's think... not because they've got instructions from, from their producers to go like, all right, lads, I know it's called Queer Eye, but don't be too gay. Yeah. Do you know? But I think but that's the thing. Van Ness wearing heels and he has long hair and he talks about some stuff and he's like, oh my God, look at your face, honey. It's just gorgeous. <laughs> like, no, but that's him, right? Yeah. And he's not going, oh my God, I love cocks. Like, but like, it's funny, like, like that. what I love about Queer Eye and I think I feel like everybody should watch Queer Eye and I'm just I'm not just saying that like I feel like everyone should watch Queer Eye because it's the most beautiful TV show ever and yeah. I, I honestly believe that it would break it breaks so many barriers like every episode when you watch it there's like men you can see some of the men are like really fucking intimidated by them they're like oh god all these gay guys in my house and then there's other people yeah. who are fine and then they go to religious homes and they're in fucking Atlanta which is the south like all of the episodes are in the south and some of them they go into the deep south and you're just like yeah. fucking hell like but like you said it's funny because people I think people have this idea in their eye eye of like and mind of gay guys and I feel like Jonathan is probably the epitome of the gay guy that most people would think of but when yeah. you look at people like Camaro and even Bobby, like they're not flamboyant men. Like they're not at all. Anthony, like, yeah. Anthony is totally like st straight on the line. Like isn't he though? Like and even like when you look at Camaro, especially like he, I would ne I would never think like just to look at Camaro. You know what I mean? Like you, I would well, never. He's got, his his lines his lines are very good, and his eyebrows are on fleek, and he has the. He's very groomed very groomed but i mean that's his but i feel like the, what i love about queer eye as a show is that it just breaks stereotypes so fucking much yeah. and like you said i think people think oh queer it's going to be all in my face and blah blah but it's not like queer eye is a show that's like you said they barely mention anything about sex or their personal lives ever and it's a show that brings it sounds so corny but like it brings everyone together in this beautiful yeah. way about respecting yourself and loving yourself and i feel like there's certain episodes where you can see people breaking down their barriers of what they thought gay people would be like especially if they haven't been around them much and yeah i remember watching queer as folk years ago with uh, aiden gillen you remember that show that's meant to be a great show i've never seen it it's go and watch it it's the same it's the same thing it's about sex and sexuality but it's not like ramming it down your throat well I heard it's, it's not like, <laughs> do you know? I've heard it's a really good show. Yeah, Never really, really it. good. Really, I love really Will, good. Will and Grace is one of my faves. Love it. Yeah, but I mean, Jack and Karen, you mean? Yes, Jack and Karen. That's what but, it should have been called. But that's the thing, like, you have Jack who's the, well, 
Mm. And then Will is like reserved in the new season a little bit a little bit more out. But people have these preconceived notions about these communities that they don't know anything about. But I think and it's important. It when is you important. go on YouTube and you watch like pride parades and there's a bunch of people in like mankinis and they're being <laughs> interviewed by say like Fleckus Talks or somebody like that goes up and goes, hey, what are you here for today? We're here, we're about love and acceptance and we're about tolerance and we're about listening to one another and we're about community and bringing people together and making a better America. Great, what do you think about Donald Trump? Oh, fuck him, burn him. What a fucking asshole. And everybody who supports him are all assholes. Don't even talk to me. And I'm like, okay, well, so you just said tolerance, acceptance, love for everyone except half America, Mm. where you're from. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's very um, uh, cyclical, uh, circular logic, circular thinking. It's doesn't. It's full of fallacies. And a lot of it is just like, fuck everyone else. I'm great. And for a time, mm. you know, I can understand that, that community being like that. But I, I think... can understand anyone in any uh, marginalized community. But what's happening is yeah. you're marginalizing other people. And as 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 big as feminism is getting now third wave of feminism and all of these things maybe not in the last maybe six months but over 2017 there was some serious fucking shakes happening Mm. and i think men were being very much like subjugated put down made to feel inferior on purpose because they're like when we want the power back so in order to take the power instead of making everyone equal we have to pull them down because there's only so much to go around and i i wouldn't put it past a lot of young lads in their 20s to feel very intimidated like yeah. how are you going to go to a girl in a, in a in a in a nightclub and be like, oh man, I think you're I think you're lovely looking. Like, do you want to have a dance? Like, hey, can I buy you a drink? And you put the hand on the small of the back, and it's like hashtag me too. Yeah, like, there's a lot very, of stuff going on. It's gotten very keeping, dicey. Yeah, it's it's it, it's an architecture of social control that's tell being you, woven uh, from invisible thread, and you only find out when you've crossed the line when you're tangled up in it. One of the things that happened to um one of my friends. I think it was my friend's dad and he was like he called up to like a help center or something for some problem with his phone or something like that and um when he was hanging up he said to the girl oh thanks so much love like I really appreciate your help like blah blah she fucking put in a complaint about him and they called him back and like the transcript obviously of their call because they're all recorded he called her love and she thought it was demeaning and he like they actually called him back to like scold him and he was like what and like he's an old man like he's just saying it in a like polite way he's not trying to like degrade you but it's stuff like that and like i think everything we talked about in the podcast today like really it comes down to like everything queer eye like the identity politics even the whole shane dawson thing at the end of the day we're all just freaking people and we have to know that everyone else is living a different experience to us and just because it's not happening to us doesn't mean you know we can't, can't try and have a one. shred yeah and we yeah. have to have a you have to have a shred of empathy and like even if you don't fully understand something like just be like people are people you know and some things would just get so petty and wound up and there's all these cultural shifts that are happening like you said it's almost like the flip side now like we you were talking about how guys are being treated now and all that and they're all afraid and it is almost like a total reverse and things are just upside down like it's like the upside down of stranger things and, and for, yeah, from from uh, who's the who's the demogorgon? <laughs> I don't know. Trump. It, yeah. <laughs> come in, come into the forest. It's nice and green, <laughs> tremendously green. Come on down here. Will is here. We're waiting. I love your 
Donald Trump impression. Over. Thanks. Do you have a Jonathan have... impression? Huh? Do you Honey. have a Jonathan? <laughs> yeah. Yes, queen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, Donald, we're going to have to just do something with your hair, okay? Your skincare <laughs> regimen is just broke out, honey, okay? It's just broke. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, so well, it's just it's just like, it's identity, right? It's it's your outward face and identity versus your your personal identity. And there's like there's loads of philosophers who try to talk about this kind of stuff. Your 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 public face and your private face. Um it's very difficult, you know, to understand somebody if you're not willing to try to understand their motives and their drives. Yeah. Like to bring it full circle, you know, look at Tana. She's a Mongo. <laughs> He's got four million fucking people on YouTube. And she's happy enough. She should be happy enough just bursting away, making videos, staying cool, keeping her fans happy, doing all that shit. But she gets a hair up her arse because VidCon doesn't honor her. Yeah, she's not a featured fucking creator. So what does she do? She totally flips off the other side, makes her own convention. It's like throwing a tantrum. You can pay 65 bucks and then you could be a featured fucking creator and get a little sticker that says so because she wants to be included. And she was excluded from the tribe she wanted to be in. So she went off and made her own tribe. They went to battle and she lost. And you have to understand the motivations behind Tana's actions before you can judge whether she's good or bad. And that's, you know, like that's for anybody. If you're like, out there wondering why Maxine Waters, who's a Democratic senator, comes out and says after Sarah Huckabee Sanders was banished from a restaurant for just being uh, uh, in Trump's uh, administration, you have to wonder what are the motivation behind Maxine Waters saying that and then denying it and Laura Loomer chasing her down the, down the street and denying it. Like she came out and said, if you see a Republican representative, make a crowd around them, let them know that we're not going to take this anymore, push back, which is tantamount to condoning violence against anyone who supports Trump, similar to the punch and Nazi movement that was going on, or the Antifa lads coming out and bottling people, hitting lads in the head with bike locks. Like, there's a certain element of analysis of motivation. And those people are being motivated and informed by an identity politics and a political correctness based around the epithets of critical theory that basically means if you don't like it, change it. But because it's so subjective and there is no leader because you're not allowed to have anyone be your boss on that side, apparently. Uh, everyone has their own personal Idaho, their own little thing where they're like, oh, yeah, I believe this. So I'm just going to act like this. And then everyone has their own fucking certain police force or certain vocabulary they're allowed to use. Everyone makes up their own rules and inflicts them on everybody else. You can't call me this. I want to be called this. And that's my reality. If you don't respect that, you're offending me. And everyone is building up these little bubbles around themselves where they only listen to things that positively affirm their actions. And mm-hmm. they don't take any criticism. They don't change their outward appearance. And they don't consider other people in a community that's supposed to stand for tolerance, inclusion, and acceptance. That is bullshit. The people on the right are way better at analyzing what's going on. They're maybe not good at understanding, but they're great at analysis. They may not be great at empathy, but they're great at discovery. But I think and that's they will it. go and find out why those motivate, why those, sorry for interrupting you, the, why yeah. those p- people are doing those things. If you figure out why Tana wanted to make another con and look at it on paper, it's because she wasn't invited to VidCon. Why wasn't she invited to VidCon? Because YouTube is now a monolithic uh, uh, organizational structure that 
Joanne Wachowski that runs it is trying to turn it into TV. So she's trying to get the most popular creators that appeal to the broadest uh, uh, spectrum of the audience. They're trying to get people at 16 and under. They're trying to get the news organizations in and get the independent journalists out, get the conspiracy theorists out, get the fake news people out, get mm. the political commentators out. We want toys. We want makeup tutorials. We want Jake Paul and Logan Paul doing crazy shit. We want Minecraft fucking Let's Plays and everything else can fuck off, including Tana and whatever mad bullshit she's going on with. They don't want her she got pissed off but look at her as a case study yeah if they don't want her look at all the other people that they don't want and why don't they want them she is after drawing attention to a bigger problem within youtube as a community as a business for a lot of people that has fallen the arse has fallen out of it in a year and a half and youtube is on the way down and people are looking for other stuff hence the popularity of of patreon and the like of this crowdfunding services people are looking for alternative measures to, to get uh, uh, income so if Tana's going I need other avenues of income let's make a con and sell tickets that's that's a that's an entrepreneurial move it was executed really badly but the reasoning behind it should at least alleviate some of the criticism as yeah. to the shitty execution by a bunch of, uh, of selfish and greedy 20 year olds why are people doing this shit why are people doing the shitty things they're doing it's not because they're just doing them there's yeah. a reason behind it. And that's what I want to look at on those conspiracy guys. I'm always trying to find out. I know this happened and we can say this happened to the day and the time mm -hmm. and it's all written in the history books. But why? I think that's why a good point. That way? Because everything, everything does have a motive and it might not always be the motive we consider first, like you were saying. Like, in my mind, I feel like there's so many facets to it. But deep down, like you said, like when you really look at it, like when you put it to its bare bones, she became very i guess it's an ego thing and it's also an insecurity thing and it's like throwing all your toys out of the pram and being like fuck yeah. them i'm gonna do this but like even at that the motive might have been bad but if she executed it well like the funny thing is right if tanacon went well and it was planned well she could contend with them in the future exactly. and that's and that's one of the things that really bothered me i was like why didn't you just wait till next year and really plan this shit? Because people people are kind of getting sick of like the Green Brothers and they have their own little hypocrisies and they've got their little favorites. And like even the two, the, not this year, but last year at VidCon, the whole Anita Sarkeesian thing and yeah. friend, friends of mine were at that and they were told to leave for no reason other than the types of videos they made. And if Tanner- she has, she has a fucking, she has a monopoly over a, 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 a being offended. And that's another thing, like that's her identity and she can't not be that now. If she's seen exactly. to accept- previously offended by it's like a, a an admission of weakness or, or or you know fault blame but it's the same thing with like a friend of mine uh, zoe she recently made a video and it was like a parody joke video and she was basically making a video about how there's like two extremes there's the really really sjwe people and then there's the really really anti-SW people who are offended by everything also on the opposite end of the spectrum and she made kind of a video joking about how people get so invested like we were saying we get so invested and so into this whole world that you take everything as offense but on the opposite not the sjw but it's almost like the the lines start to blur where you're almost becoming a parody of what you hate if you will yeah and but she you end up putting yourself in an echo chamber you don't listen to anyone from outside you only watch the things that confirm your view of mm -hmm. the world and then whenever you talk to anyone outside to them you seem crazy 
And to you, they seem crazy for not knowing what you know. But I've seen that. I've really seen like the lines bleed together with like certain people that I know from YouTube who've gone so fucking full circle. It's crazy. And I think that's why, like we were saying today, just to like bring it all to a big head, is that it's important to take a fucking breath. Like if Tanya just took a breath and stepped back and was like, I feel I have had injustice done wrong or, you know, injustice towards me or whatever i didn't like that feeling maybe i could create a space for other people who like content like mine and she could have taken the steps and she could have really she could have made a fucking fortune by making this type type. of con and i'm like look what look what jack conti did jack conti had made loads of videos on youtube um pomplamoose is the name of his band and then his channel was somehow somehow demonetized because he was using like uh, cover songs of other people mm-hmm. and he wasn't he wasn't getting the money that he was due and he him and a bunch of other people developed what we now know as patreon mm. which is a hugely uh, uh like prolifically successful crowdfunding platform that i think nearly everybody who's a podcaster or who's a youtuber is either on or definitely should be on and you put it out to your fans and they know it's two or five or ten dollars a month and then you're able to give them secret stuff that the public don't get and it's like you know that that's how i make my wages for my for, for this podcast as a full-time job is through patreon man that's and jack crazy. conti was one of those guys who was like i'm not happy with the way things are going do you know what i'm gonna do something about it and he went away and he had a think and he had a meeting and he got some people and now fucking you know five six years later patreon is like the biggest crowdfunding uh, uh creators website in the world it's, it is like that's what she could have done you know but that's true. Like, I think if you take a step back and you think like, here's something missing, I'm going to do it. And like, I think if you, like you said, your motivation is like pure spite and anger, it's not going to go well. Like, it's never going to end well if you're clouded by just wanting to fuck over VidCon or fuck over somebody else. Like, you have to have an intention there in some way that is putting something beneficial out into the world. Do you know what I mean? I do. But what she did was something and it produced a result. And to be honest, I think that's, I'm not saying like young people, but like <laughs> that's a lot of young people. That's all they want to see is just an immediate result. They put that shit together mm-hmm. in two months. They made a big stink. It's all over the fucking internet. Millennials. Um, millennials. But they got a result. <laughs> they got a reaction. And yeah. a lot of people do that shit. They go out on marches. And, and, then, and then you have lads going up and interviewing them and go, what are you marching for? I don't know. So what are you out doing here? Ah, fuck Trump. Huh? Fuck Trump. What about Trump? Ah, he's fucking killing children in Mexico or something. What? <laughs> Are you for real? Yeah. yeah, fuck him. Like, they don't even know what they're out for. They're just out and they feel included. Yeah, that's what people just want to be included, don't that's they? Tr- that's all. Everyone is lonely until they're with somebody, man. That's why There's stan Twitter is so big. Have you it's, ever heard of stans? What's that? Have you ever heard of stans? No. A stan is basically like Stan from Eminem. You know the video Stan? Oh, yeah. Or like you, you could be like a those conspiracy guys Stan where like no matter what you guys do or say, I'm going to love you and support you. So you're a Stan. You're going to be there no matter what until the very yeah. end. And like Stans consume themselves, guys. <laughs> it doesn't what, work what out. Happened? Yeah, what happened at the end of that song? <laughs> he went off the, he drank a fifth of vodka <laughs> and he drove off a bridge. Got my girlfriend in the boot. He died the thing, like, it just it just seems it just seems like identity and culture like your identity is is who you are but it doesn't have to be everything you are 
and people are really like pigeonholing themselves into this thing like i'm a conspiracy theorist by by trade and Mm. i'm a podcaster but i'm also like a filmmaker i'm also a computer games nerd a movie watcher a tv nerd i like to play basketball i like to play frisbee do you know I, can, I, I I draw now and again. I like to edit photos. I'm a photographer. Um, like for like for the other thing, I can speak Russian. I can play guitar, bass, drums. Like it's not. I it's know not, one word. It's not. Was it? Splasiba. Thank you. It's very close. I lo- I learned that from Sex and the City. <laughs> oh, right. She had I learned a lot of things from TV. Yeah, the Russian, yeah, her last boyfriend. But but I think I think that like to to pigeonhole me is like oh he's a mad conspiracy theorist or oh he's this he's that like I get shit from people sometimes like they're like man you're you've changed man you've changed the way you used to be you used to be cool now you're not cool anymore and I'm like <laughs> well maybe it's been five years like since I started this show and you started listening to the show five months ago and you've gone through like a hundred episodes in five months. And you've heard my evolution of thought over the five years in five months. And now I don't seem as cool to you anymore. Yeah. Because I've kind of grown or I've kind of, you know, learned a certain amount of things that have made me think a certain way. Like maybe in four or five years time, I'm going to listen back to this and go, what was I talked about with the fucking LGBT Mm -hmm. stuff? And acceptance. (laughs) Of course I was wrong. And you know what? I'm allowed to be. And we all are. And we all should understand that the things that we know are not absolute. But no that's what I love. Like, feel that they are. They're really I feel not like that's, like that's the problem with being fucking so like into identity politics and I trying to yeah. so like consume yourself all in this one identity because like what you liked a year ago, you might look back and be like, oh, why did I wear that outfit? You know, like or whatever. It's because not might. <laughs> it's definite. It's definite. you know what I mean. But like, I yeah. actually love that because like I was actually even thinking of making a video. Like I haven't thought about it much yet but i'd love to make a video about like opinion opinions i had a while ago that i've either totally changed my opinion on or have grown to like understand or accept more or even if i don't agree i can say okay i get why that person feels that way and i you know whatever and i want to do that because i feel like it's so easy to be on here and be like oh sjw's are so dumb like whatever and it's so easy it's fucking easy as hell to criticize them because they're so bonkers sometimes but like you said at the end of the day everything has a motivation you know and motivation creates the action and etc etc but like some people are just they're either like hurting or something has happened to them that has created this like experience and motivation and reason and like you know what I mean and you have to kind of consider that and not everyone's just this like wacky SJW like at the end of the day you have to say this person's experienced something or has a reason and I don't know what it is but like if you take a step back and think about it then you can understand and that's that's also to go for like the left with the right like you might not agree with certain things like conservatives say if you are very left-leaning sure. but you can also step back and go hmm, I can see why they feel that way or how they've come to this idea it seems it seems to me it's a lot easier to understand why people were out campaigning for the no campaign during the abortion referendum like i can understand why female conservatives are saying i I am pro-life abortion is not the answer Mm. just for an example yeah and you go why and they'll go this and this and this and this and i go well i've taken all those things 
I don't agree with you, and I will be uh, like I I'm I am I am pro choice. Mm, and too. then they go, oh, okay, then I'm still pro life. Yeah. But but if you're if you're if it's flipped around, there's some kind of like, uh, I guess like righteous condemnation, like if this isn't the right thing to do and it's not, you know, mm-hmm. there seems to be more of a judgment from the left towards the right than there is from the right to the left. I at the moment, we have to like, we have to just like, one thing that I always like think about is that no one in the world like not everyone in the world is ever going to come to this one fucking utopian agreement on everything and we have to just realize that that's the case like no one's going to fully come around to every idea that yeah. people on the on the left or whatever or on the right want to like bring into society fully because we're all different we all have different backgrounds we've all had different experiences and that's just the way shit's going to be so you're going to have to realize that people have opinions that you won't agree with and you just have to be like okay and move on you know and like even on youtube when i make a video i make a video and then i let that shit go like i'm just like i'm not carrying that i'm not i'm not carrying that around me it's not a big fucking deal and one thing rupaul says from rupaul's drag race all the time is that life ain't that serious (laughs) like like don't take shit so fucking seriously because it's so easy like you said it does. I've seen it. I've yeah. seen it consume people. Like there's people who make videos similar to me who've gone so fucking far down the rabbit hole that I see them changing. I see them getting pissed off and annoyed, and it's become this like thing that encompasses everything they do. And I can only but imagine. But they go looking what for like. it too. They go yeah. looking at those videos. They go looking for those articles and probably share it on Facebook and then get with other people who like talking about it. And it seems to be a, a, like a toxic culture to to. To, to criticize but I've done that, that stuff socially you know i've done it but too like, I, i've done that and that's one thing that i've discussed with friends of mine who make similar content to me is that one of the reasons i feel like i'm having a bit of a crisis with youtube and why i've stepped back from it is because part of me is like is this really that deep like do i like does anyone care that much and at the same time i'm like you can feel it like when i'm making a video sometimes and it's something that's really annoyed me or like something that's happened that i really disagree with that's irked me and i'm making a video i have to get into the headspace of that where i'm like and i have to get myself in that zone where i'm passionate about it and i am passionate about it but sometimes it's hard (laughs) yeah like i'm getting into it you know and i and i'm feeling it i'm like why does this annoy me and then i think about it and then i get myself into the zone of making the video of being annoyed and expressing my opinion truthfully and then I'm like, it's almost like acting in a way. Like, not that I'm lying, but like, you know what I mean? You're kind of getting yourself into the headspace to portray the information you're relaying. And it can be quite exhausting. And like, I'm not like I'm not aggressive in my videos, I don't think. I'm usually quite calm. But when I watch other people's videos, like there's certain people I watch and they're like this and they're like, oh, and they're like talking about it. And I'm like, dude, calm down. Like, it's fucking, it's just some, like, it's a video about some like, chick wearing a vagina hat like calm down you know and like people get but that starts to seep in and i'm sure that affects so many parts of your life and how you interact with people the same with like really really social justicey people they get so encompassed by it and i'm just like take a fucking break because even when i stepped back from youtube recently i have kind of noticed huh it's not that fucking serious you know i'm like i don't have to get riled up about every little thing that irks me you know and it's you do get into that zone you know what i mean like i'm sure when you're doing a podcast 
yeah when i'm you, doing a podcast i get right into it and i'm feeling yeah. everything you want to hear i did an episode yesterday recorded it yesterday it'll be out in a few weeks on on the ku klux klan you want to fucking about halfway through i go off into this mad rant for like 20 minutes <laughs> and, and to be honest like if you heard me on the back of a bus talking about that stuff you'd be you'd be calling the lads in white coats like it sounds like a mag a, a man falling apart really like a, like a cheap like a cheap handbag yeah but I was trying, like, I was in the moment of trying to figure it out, debating with the lads and myself about, like, you know, uh, uh, race issues. And we were talking about, it, you know, around, you know uh, um, white supremacy and stuff like that. So we were talking about it. And, it was like, rah, 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 and I felt, I was like, geez, I have to go have a have a, a, a big shit and a cry. Like, that was, <laughs> yeah. it took it out of me there. Um, but the thing is, like, Shona, with identity politics, if your politics become your identity, you can never get a break then. Yeah, it's you know just, if you're sitting you around are. the house, if you're sitting around the house and you have posters of Sargon Avocad and you're listening to fucking uh, you know Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro the the whole time, and you know watching videos about like c- like conservatives owning SJWs in debates and you're only thinking and talking about you know conservative politics, you're you're you know you're putting a shade on your life. Similar yeah. to if you're an SJW. And everything is offensive because you have to toe the party line. You have to be on the lookout for offensive stuff. How can you fucking enjoy anything if everything is a potential mm-hmm. offense? If everything is a trigger warning and you're and you're the trigger, yeah, like you can never live your life properly. Like, even what you were saying about the Klu Klux Klan. Have you seen that um, documentary about? I can't remember what it's called, but it's people who leave the KKK and yeah. Like it's their life afterwards, and it's almost a black, like a black guy made friends, and he and he got like fifty people to leave the KKK by making friends. I love that documentary. That's I'm such a, a good one. Yeah, it's brilliant. And he, but what I love about that documentary, and I actually remember I watched it with my boyfriend, and we loved it. And I looked up loads of reviews, and so many people were like saying all this horrible shit about him, this man. I can't. He was like a jazz musician or something. I remember, and. What I loved about it when he sat down, like some people just walked away, but when he sat down with like Black Lives Matter and the KKK, it was surprising who would listen to him. And it was surprising like how just rationally and calmly asking questions like, why do you feel this way? What has made you think this? Like blah, blah, blah. And like, like it it was a, a lot, even just rational, gradual, rational, calm conversations led to people kind of going huh why am i a white supremacist like you know like you know and then you realize very how... similar very similar to that girl who did the red pill documentary when she went out to prove that yeah. that that you know uh, masculinity is has turned toxic i haven't seen that yet oh you f- that's a fucking must watch i will watch it I, actually, watch. I really wanted to do a review on it like i wanted to watch it and do a review video of it you definitely should there's something you got to do cassie j is the girl's name and she made it called the red pill it was out in late 2017 and she goes to all of these uh men's rights networks and men's rights activists and goes like what's going on with you and they tell all her all the stuff and she was a self-confessed feminist mm. and she ended up going huh oh that's fucked up that's not what i believe jesus are you serious <laughs> yeah Okay, hang on a minute now. And she ended up moving to the other side. And now, even now, there's a whole uh, movement called hashtag walk away where people are walking away from the Democrats. They're walking away from the left because it's gone extreme. Mm. It's gone extreme. And people are like, that's not what I stand for. I don't believe in that shit. Uh, I'd prefer to 
go to the right and keep some of my liberal views. Like I'm very liberal, Sean. I'm, so I, am I. I'm very like very liberal. So but I. I don't agree with all of that political correctness, f- f- you know, speech policing and all of this kind of stuff. And in order to keep my <laughs> my middle ground, you have to keep on iterating on the on the podcast. But that's how I feel. I like, feel like I feel like people get very um, confused by me because, like, they think, like, I think even the first time I ever talked to you, you thought I was conservative. And you were like, you're conservative. I was like, no, I'm not. And you were like, "Eh." and I was like, no, I'm actually really not. Like, I'm so fucking liberal. Like, I really am. Like, I'm a massive supporter of the, like, gay community. Huge fucking support. Ever since day one, go back on my old ass videos. And I never, I never, ever, ever shied away from that. And I never will. And there's so many other things like I was, you know, I voted and repealed the eighth to repeal the eighth, like very fucking unconservative things to do. I voted in the gay marriage referendum for it. And those are my opinions. And yeah, like I feel like I don't necessarily identify as like a leftist or or a conservative. I I don't even like either of those labels personally. And like if I would, I know it sounds corny or like people say it's like you know sitting on the fence but i would consider myself more in the middle because i'm willing to listen to both sides and i'm willing to hear what people have to say and make up my own mind and i don't want to be identified as something i don't want to have an identity on me because like you said it's so it's so well, boxes um, in from what you're allowed to yeah. say then because if you say something that disagrees with your fan base they're all like oh you you told us you were this thing or if you if you criticize the opposition they're like oh yeah you're definitely that like i'm criticizing the media a lot and i put up a lot of facebook posts and 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 twitter posts and stuff where i'm like hey look what this fucking bullshit news organization said about trump and everyone's like oh you support trump and i'm like no yeah i don't support the news lying about the president of america Mm -hmm. which is what they're doing they're lying to you when i was saying it in 2014 and 15 and 16 you were all like, yeah, the news is bullshit. And now it's all like, if you don't, if you don't ride with us, you're our enemy. Mm. And that doesn't sound very tolerant or accepting. If you don't fully adhere to the, to the, the dogma of the left, uh, you're, you're then alt right. Yeah. It's like, there's there's no in between. There's no, you're, you're labeled as one or the other. It's very dangerous, uh, politic to have, like, because you're, you're pushing away people who, might possibly be your supporters and i think they're shooting themselves in the foot they're cannibalizing their own fandom fandom and there's a lot of people who don't identify as left because if you don't make it your identity you're not truly left and they're doing this hashtag walk away i would make a video on that if i was you because there's a phenomenon that's going to happen over the next few months coming up to the november midterm elections that's going to give the republicans an awful lot of uh, uh, ground because but it's one Democrats of those things are... where it's like it's all well and good until you slightly disagree you know like you're you're welcome yep. and once you agree you're like fair enough great but where's the liberation that where's the freedom in in that like i think the minute you do box yourself in you're kind of setting yourself up for failure because even like i'll put it on the opposite and like even blair white let's go back to blair white if blair white yeah. if blair white agreed with anything fucking liberal her fans would be mad because she has a kind of character if you will of a trans conservative you know so like it's one of those things she, where often, she, said, she I mean, often has to battle people because yeah. she has loads of liberal she says lots of liberal stuff and she often has to battle people because like ah oh, Blair we thought you were cool 
But she has to be liberal. She's part of the LGBT community, no matter what she exactly. wants. Exactly. You know, like, and why it's can't like, she be both? Exactly. But that's the thing. Like, that's what yeah. really, that's, but that's what I really like about Blair. She doesn't give a fuck. She's like, this is who I am. Suck it. Like, yeah. you know, and that, and I really like that about her. And that's how I feel too. I never shy away from like my love of queer eye or anything else. Because if people who are really conservative who follow me don't like that, that's not my problem. You know, like I've, I've conservative yeah. followers and they're lovely. You know what I mean? They're nice people. Just and go I, ahead you know, and live your own life, honey. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And I think people people think like all liberals are crazy and all conservatives are like homophobic, which isn't true. Like, you know, and it's, it's just a very small minority, to... but a small but loud minority. That's but the that's problem. The thing. They're the, the ones that are on the YouTube channels. They're the ones that keep on getting asked back onto fucking Tucker Carlson or asked onto The View, like mad bastards who are like blue hair and screaming. Uh, extremism and mm. then that that gets to represent that politic which makes people go oh yuck and they're moving to mm. the other side that's one extremism thing that i think for anything is not good i think that's one thing that really kind of catapulted my channel initially when i started to talk about like these kind of things like feminism and all that kind of thing was because i was the epitome of everything visually people thought on sdw was like to look at me I had colorful hair, I had a nose piercing, I dressed slightly eccentrically, and the people were like, oh my god, when they saw my thumbnail, they were like, she must be a fucking SJW. And then when they clicked on my- out with a dirty mouth, and they were like, yeah. oh god damn. <laughs> but then when they clicked on my video, they were so shocked, they stuck around, because they were like, this is weird, like, one of these things yeah. is not like the other, like, exactly like Blair, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's one of those things where- I like that. I like the people like Blair and to a lesser extent me in that in that sense in the beginning were kind of confusing people and then they stuck around because they kind of like that you're you're not the norm, if you will. And that's interesting because it changes people's mind. They're like, huh, I preemptively judged this person and I was totally wrong. Like, you know, that kind of way. And I like yeah. that. And that's I love I love when people prove me wrong. I actually do. So like you know what? I, I totally reserve the right to be wrong. And you know, if I'm wrong about something and it's trouble, it's a thing that's troubling me. And I'm like, fuck, man, I'd love, I'd love for someone to give me an answer. And if they were able to give me an answer, I'd be totally happy rather than believe in a thing that I've come to myself and have it be wrong. Do you know? Exactly. But I think there's a, there's a phenomenon, and this is the last thing I'd say, there's a phenomenon now that I think is way more unhealthy than being extreme left or extreme right. There's a phenomenon now of political, cultural, and social abdication. People are just pulling the ejector seat and they're just bailing out of these conversations. I'm because it's either up. one or the other, people are like, if you're not all the way this way, you're fucking nothing to me, fuck off. Or if you're not all the way right, like you're some crazy liberal mm -hmm. pinko socialist. Like the majority of the middle have their opinions and shut the fuck up about them. Yeah. Because if they start talking and they get somebody, somebody's over there and they have like a tragus piercing and you don't want them to hear or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just, there's a lot more silent people now. Yeah. And that's really dangerous because we don't know what's going on with them. We don't know how far it's going to go to one side or the other. And you're making people not want to be involved in how society is being structured. Therefore, mm -hmm you're leaving it up to a very small minority, either on the left or the right, to make decisions that will affect the majority. And now you're back to Animal Farm, where it's just like, you know, yeah. a bunch of sheep. And they're all just like, meh, I don't know. 
Meh. Don't be sheep. Don't be sheep. Be man. the black sheep. <laughs> try and figure out. Try and figure out what's going on. Even if you're wrong, don't be afraid to be wrong. Yeah. Don't be afraid to get your fucking hands dirty. People. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah, it's but a lot of okay people. But, but a lot of people are saying on both sides that it's not, and that's what you'd have you believe. You know, like a lot but of people don't learn. want. A lot of people don't want to hear this shit. They don't want to hear no. people talking about this stuff. Well, people have heard us talking about it all all evening. So yeah, I've I've heard I've had some people like say to me, uh, oh man, go back and do episodes about like aliens or some shit. Give up about all this politics." And I'm all like, "Dude, that's where conspiracy theory lives. Like, that's exactly. where cultural and media analysis lives. It's in the day to day. We are in the times when, in fifty years' time, people are going to look back at now and go, "What the fuck yes. was going on there?" Exactly. What and what's good about on? you is you're giving people information. You know, you're giving people room for thought, food for thought, and like to think about it. You know what I mean? And that's what I really like about your podcast. And I want people to check it out. So tell them where they can find your podcast. Thoseconspiracyguys.com is the website. It's filled with all of the episodes as well as some uh, videos, some documentaries that I host on BitChute because YouTube is a pile of poo and they don't let <laughs> you put anything up there anymore. Got fucking, you know, I got 180 days banned from streaming on YouTube. What? For, a San, for, for two Sandy Hook videos that I had there. <sighs> YouTube. I got two uh, community guideline strikes for 90 days each, so I couldn't stream my episodes for the last six months. You imagine I, get, I get demonetized instantly. Like, when I upload a yes, video and, and it hasn't even finished processing, I've been demonetized. All my, <laughs> all my stuff is demonetized as well. Patreon What's is the literally point? the only thing that keeps me going. Like, well, we have really? a Patreon too, patreon.com slash thoseconspiracyguys, where yes. you can get access to watch us record our shows live. You get all of the videos that I make here in the studio uh with supporting materials that i talk about on the show and you also get access to our discord server have you got a discord Shona? no i don't know what that is my brother uses it though you get you get yourself a discord and all your people that come in there and have the chats and share a few links and stuff we have a very active community uh there's around around a thousand people a little bit under a thousand people on our one and it's all oh. the top super fans including all the patreons can you I get an app on your phone yeah it's an app on the phone it's on the computer you Ooh. have a browser Cool. It's like, a, it's like a, a message board, but you can split it up into channels. So I have mine split into seasons and then into episodes. So all the episodes have their own channel. And I put up little articles that I find online that support the stuff that I was talking about on the episode. Uh, we cool. also have a YouTube channel that I do the stream and stuff on. And um, we've got a subreddit and then Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and all the other things. So whatever you're on, I'm on it. Check Come them out. Me. And I'll throw you loads of stuff up. I do also have a, a, a very lighthearted and non-political podcast and YouTube channel called Why Press Play, where we talk about computer games, uh, movies, and TV shows. And basically, it's the podcast version of coming home from the pub at half two in the morning with a bag of chips. <laughs> I love and that. Then, and, then turn, and then turn it on the TV to watch something while you eat your bag of chips. And then you discover a movie that you've never seen and would never see, but it's the only thing on. And then it turns into your favorite movie. That's the podcast version of that. I'm going to watch so, and listen to this. I never knew you had a second podcast. Yeah, why press play, it's called. I do also game playthroughs, uh, old Mega Drive and SNES games. And uh, um, I play PlayStation 4 and Xbox stuff. And uh, I try and find like the, the little gems that you might have overlooked. Or you're flicking through a Netflix queue and you see a cover. And I was like, eh, nah. But actually, you're passing over an absolute diamond of a movie or a TV show. Um. We're, we're, we're just given so much choice these days. We're overwhelmed mm -hmm. with choice. And you could spend half an hour, 40 minutes, even choosing the fucking thing you're going to watch. 
some people only I, have yeah. the time to watch like one or two movies a week and you don't want to take a chance on a brand new movie just because it's brand new and have it be a bit shit like mm-hmm. Jurassic World, which didn't really <laughs> rock my world. It was a bit shite. And uh, we take those. We talk about them. I have comedian guests come in and we take them apart and we play fun games like uh, um, an alternative cast. So we try and find these old 70s and 80s and 90s movies and say, who could, like, if we were to remake that, who could play those people? And, I uh, love that idea. Yeah, just finding the little, the little diamonds in the rough. Stuff from my youth that, say, a 20-year-old would never watch now because the cover looks old and shit, but the movie's a fucking whopper. <laughs> that sounds um, awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, that's what I'm at. And uh, of course, then I have the uh, the TV trip. Uh, I, I'm trying to make a TV documentary. Uh, 12 feature-length documentaries. I can't wait. I want to, finger, fingers crossed, sell to Netflix. And really? GoFundMe.com slash TCGTV. Well, I mean, shit, that's where everything goes, right? I'm going to support you. I'm going to become a Patreon. Thanks, boo. I'm going to self-produce these podcast or these uh, documentaries. I'm going to film them myself in America and edit them, and it's going to be a Louis C.K. job, like a whole uh, uh, one-man band situation. Uh, Twelve feature-length documentaries, some about like gun control, racism, sexuality, uh, cryptozoology. So we we'll go hunt Sasquatch. Um, we're going to be talking about economics, politics, because uh, we'd be over there for the midterm elections and all the protests and all that oh, stuff. Cool. So I'm going to get a, a, do all that stuff and uh yeah a few more there's like five or six more so each That's one is going to be delving into americana we're going to be interviewing experts interview members of the public you know going uh, there's one on apocalypse so i'm going to be going up to like south dakota or down to montana and go to these lads that live in like a big metal box under the ground waiting for the, the zombie apocalypse with canned food and i'm going to see like why are they living like that what's the fucking crack you know or there's one on religion where i'm going to go around to like mormons and baha'i people and like uh, uh, amish people and go like why are you living like this like what's going on what do you believe um so i'm really looking forward to meeting the fans and doing live shows and stuff over there as well um an epic i think it's it's fairly audacious yeah fairly audacious for a young uh tubby irish lad who's in a 10 foot by 12 foot room well you know uh, what i really respect you for that I really, res- I really respect you for like going for your dream and actually doing yeah. something because like it's so people say they're going to do these things but you actually do them and I think that's really really cool so I want people to go and check you out support you on Patreon subscribe to the best podcast in Ireland those conspiracy guys hopefully I'll be number two with my people as well because I definitely think uh my fans would get a get a kick out of your uh, YouTube channel for Shizzle. You got a great oh, voice and um, a go- like a good uh, ana- technical analysis of this kind of stuff from, like you said, an image that you wouldn't expect this stuff to come from. So maybe it helps. No. It's the sugar that helps the medicine go down. I don't You're think not like any... some weird bald fat white guy <laughs> going. Like, Let me tell you something about women. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's mm. the thing. Like, I, I there's no other people in Ireland I know who make videos like like me per se that's a girl so i feel like i wanted to do a podcast for a long time because there's so many topics i want to talk about and i don't want to like you know grind them all down to just social justice or whatever but i want to talk about social commentary for sure and just what's going on in the world and i just want to have conversations with people because i really enjoy that and i like learning new things i like being i like being wrong i like 
understanding i like seeing i want i'd love to interview people from totally different perspectives to me you know as well There's and just see where they're there who's willing to talk absolutely yeah and i just want to do that so this is really my first proper episode of my podcast so thanks for joining me <laughs> i really it's really appreciate it i hope, hope this doesn't set a precedent for the length of the rest of the show <laughs> yeah we were like we're gonna do an hour <laughs> <laughs> but like i love that i like that i don't know where it's gonna lead or what i'm gonna learn so hopefully in the future you know i'll have other episodes that will start a conversation about something so this is the first one and thank you so much for joining me and i hope that people will go and check you out because you definitely deserve the support and i hope everything goes great on your american trip i can't wait to see that i'm so in thanks a million and yeah thanks for joining me and i hope that people will tune in for the next episode and yeah i'll see you guys next time I'd like to take a quick minute just to thank all of my Patreons over on Patreon. You guys are amazing and it still blows my mind that people care enough to support my content. And with this podcast, I hope to do something really cool where I answer a Patreon question every time I make a podcast. Maybe I'll add more than one. I don't know. It depends on how many I start to receive for this kind of thing. But I asked people on Patreon what they would like to ask me. And the first comment I got was from Sarah's fan. So thank you so much, Sarah's fan, for supporting me. It means the world to me. And hopefully I can answer your question <laughs> to the best of my ability. So the comment is quite long, so I'm going to paraphrase it. But basically, they asked me what are my thoughts on brands and fakes and the high fashion world and how it has basically infiltrated youth culture and music. And my thoughts are basically that I think this is going to sound terrible because I am a millennial at the end of the day. But I think millennials are really easily led by trends and fashion. So it's a very easy way to make money off a generation that are so obsessed with, you know, um, brands and hierarchy in regards to like how wearing certain brands make you appear a certain way to other people like you notice that like a lot of music videos are very obsessed with money and you know having money and flaunting everything in your face so I think when you're wearing like a t-shirt that says Gucci or Supreme or whatever that's supposed to give people the impression hey I have money I'm trendy look at me <laughs> I can afford this t-shirt you know and I think that's really what it is at the end of the day like nobody really gives a shit about the supreme t-shirt like you know what I mean it's just a fucking regular ass t-shirt with some basic ass fonts but the status of wearing it means more than the actual style does that make sense so I think people are very fickle and it's not even about style anymore, it's about status, which I guess a lot of high fashion is really, but, you know, I'm very big into fashion, I really enjoy fashion, so when you get to the whole couture side of fashion, that's really art, you know, like, that's actual walking art on a runway, but there are definitely certain brands that just appeal to that vulnerable, let me be cool side of things, you know, um, and that's what I really think about it. And in regards to fakes, um, I don't know how I feel about it. I guess it'd be quite hypocritical of me to say that I don't like fakes because I own fakes. Um, I actually recently bought a fake Louis Vuitton handbag <laughs> when I was on holidays. And I just like the look of it, to be honest. But I was on, I was on the hunt specifically for a fake designer bag. 
So <laughs> I don't know. I don't really feel that bad about it either because these corporations make so much money off things that cost nothing to make, you know. I mean, a lot of these bags, like the real bags, are probably made in China anyway. So we're just the idiots who pay ridiculous prices for them for the status symbol. So I don't know. I remember watching an episode of Sex in the City a long time ago where Carrie and Samantha go to like this really dodgy place in the valley and they buy fake des- they were they were going with the intent to buy these fake designer handbags but it turned out that they just didn't feel as special because they knew they were fake do you know what i mean and i kind of get that but i think that's all in our heads really like we are giving we are giving an item its status we are giving an item value and meaning you know and that's really what it is at the end of the day like the fashion industry and you know marketing is a manipulation it really is you know so that's really what I think of it um I think a fake is just as good as the real thing if you love it you know um but I do get that feels not as special as it would be if you got a real one because there's just that you know what I mean there's that kind of feeling of like I can afford this or you know, this is worth so much, like, you put this worth on something, if that makes sense, so I think it's really manipulative, to be honest, um, and I think the fashion industry is massive for a reason, it knows what we want, and it knows, it just knows how to play us, you know, um, but yeah, that's basically my opinion, (laughs) um, on fashion and fake fashion, so yeah, that's that. I know that was very random, but I hope you guys enjoyed my little spiel there. And please please feel free to send me more questions on Patreon. If you donate even a dollar, I don't care. <laughs> um, if anyone's a Patreon, you have the absolute right to come and ask me any question you want and I'll do my best to answer them. Um, and thank you for your support. So yeah, it's patreon.com forward slash Ellie Jaden.